Hello everybody, welcome to Loving in Color. I am your host, Savvy Michelle, and this episode is going to be about communication. So before we get into today's episode, I kind of wanted to clarify something, um, you know, regarding the last episode, because thinking about it, I don't think that I got um, the point across that I'm okay with interracial relationships. When I think about that episode, it kind of comes off like, okay, well, you know what? My interracial relationship, and I said interracial, oh my God, I can't talk. My interracial relationship is okay because even though me and my husband can be considered two different races, like visually, we share the same heritage. We're both Hispanic. We're both, you know, and that's not the vibe that I was trying to put out. First and foremost, I don't think that love has a color. Um, I think you can fall in love with anybody regardless of whatever their race is, their ethnicity is, or etc. And I wholeheartedly believe that. There are a lot of white men that are with white women because they genuinely love that Pacific woman and it has nothing to do with the color of her skin it's not a fetish it's not etc and I can say the same thing for you know white men that are with black women however the point that I was trying to get across in the last episode wasn't an attack on the men that get with women of a different race because they genuinely love them it was a hundred percent an attack on people that get with women of a different race for the sole reason that they're a different race and they talk shit about their exact same race, okay? Something else I did not mention is um, I, it, it was definitely an attack on some black men, but I wanted to make it very, very clear and known that black men are not the only ones that do that, where they date women of another race and they shit on um, their own women. Um, Indian men, not all Indian men, but there are a lot of Indian men that do the same thing where they talk shit about their women and, you know, they'll get with white women, they'll get with, you know, non-dark-skinned women and kind of just shit on their women. So I wanted to make sure that I reiterated that. I made that very clear. Um, it's a call. I do talk to a lot of white girlies or whatever and stuff, and um, I've talked to a few white girls that are with black men and, like, literally... Hearing them talk about their significant other, you can tell it's nothing but love. They love their men. And it's nothing about like, oh, yeah, I got a black man because it's black. Like, no, it's nothing like that. I'm just saying that for those people that specifically get into interracial relationships for that reason are trash. At the end of the day, there's no other way to put that. Like, they're just they're just trash. Can't even defend that. All right, so with that being said, now that that's cleared up and everything, we can get into today's episode, which is about communication. So, not to say that communication is something that is lacking within the minority community. It's just something that's a little bit more acceptable, you know? Like, when something traumatic happens in the family, it's like, oh, don't talk about it, or just let it go. Somebody disrespects you in the family, and, you know, your family's kind of just like, oh, well, that's family, let it go life's too short let it go and it's like you know they say that for everything okay obviously when I say in the minority community I am not talking about every single pacific minority so I really don't care about the people that's like no that's not true 
I'm black and my mother would never. Or that's not true. I'm Puerto Rican and my father would never. Like, obviously, I'm not talking to you. Okay? This is about the general, you know, community. Basically, something that's accepted within our community. Again, and then, just like I said on the first episode, we already know um that white people can go through a lot of the similar stuff that minorities go through and like i said this is talking about what's accepted within these communities usually uh the things that i talk about aren't things that are accepted within the white community okay doesn't mean that it can't be accepted within a pacific white person's family so if you are you know these pacific people and everything you know cool kudos to you you know so getting into communication and all that um, why is it that black and brown people, why we don't effectively communicate with our kids, with each other, and, like, why do, are we so hush-hush about traumas that happen in the family? Like, I'm really confused. I'm so confused. Also, I want to put in a disclaimer because this episode will be talking about abuse, sexual abuse, and etc. So if that is something that triggers you, please click off of this episode and go do some breathing work and drink some tea that usually helps me so I'm going to get into um you know a story I'm not going to name any names and I you know want to conceal the identity of this person because it's not my story to tell it's theirs however I've gotten permission to speak about it so basically I had a friend and in her family, they were, you know, very close-knit, and it was kind of like, everybody was kind of just allowed to disrespect each other, you know, but you just gotta let it happen, because that's your sister, that's your mama, that's your granddaddy, you only get one, or if you don't just get one, because it's your siblings, and it's, that is family, that's your blood, that's your blood, let it go, let it go, let it go, and that's the kind of family that she was from. And there was one specific um, thing that happened where she stayed at her grandmother's house and her grandmother had a boyfriend and that boyfriend um, sexually touched her. Um, and she was a young child at that time. She did what, you know, a lot of people would do when they trust their family, which is tell an adult, tell somebody. And she did do that. However, her grandmother said, well, he pays my rent. Okay. He puts food in the fridge. So what you need to do, you need to just lock your door at night. That's it. Lock your door at night. And I don't want to hear you talking about this anymore. Don't don't say nothing about it. And it was like, okay. She she told me about this. And like she told me how like that really hurt her. That really affected her. Because it's just like, it just felt like nobody cared. Nobody protected that little child. And this is an issue that we have within the black and brown community. Honestly, I was absolutely horrified when I heard that story. And I was even more horrified when I went into like a black hole kind of like you know going through threads on instagram and twitter and just finding out that this is something that happens a lot too freaking much where a literal child is abused it doesn't matter what like in what way honestly whether it is sexually whether it is physically verbally whatever a child is abused and the family is protecting the abuser instead of protecting the child and like something that's even more horrifying is that I've heard from a lot of you know minority families where a child is abused by someone in the family and the family blames the child 
Now, I was horrified to hear that because that's one thing that I can say that in my own family, like my intermediate family, like my mother, my dad, and, you know, stuff like that, that is never something (laughs) that would have happened. But I feel so much for the people that do have families like this and do go through things like this because it's crazy to me I've seen something like well I've seen this even more and it really showed how broken and damaged our community really is when the news about R. Kelly broke out and I've seen too many black and brown women in the comments saying oh yeah those little girls they were hoochie mamas or those little girls were fast those little girls and I'm like wait what what since when do we hold a literal child a child whose brain's not fully developed someone that legally cannot make the like you know like the choice to sexually consent over holding the grown ass man responsible a grown ass man that has like millions and millions of dollars so like and it's no secret that celebrities pay for prostitutes you know, at their parties, no secret that celebrities pay for hookers. So out of all the cooch that you can get in the world, you chose to get it from a child. But no, let's not blame him. Let's blame the child. Yeah, let's blame the child. That makes no sense. And it's disgusting. It's so nasty. It's disgusting. It's so hush hush. And I feel like, you know, minority communities, they don't want to have like these tough conversations and everything because it makes them uncomfortable. But yet, them beating the shit out of their children doesn't. Let that sink in. I just let that sink in. It's like, what? But sometimes communication, like lack of communication, isn't always like revolved around sexual abuse. Sometimes it's revolved around verbal abuse, around physical abuse, around neglectfulness and the next example that I'm going to get into is my husband no my husband does not abuse me okay I'm talking about his childhood and he's pretty open with sharing everything that he's went through and everything so like I'm not just on here like talking shit about his life and everything and he's just listening in the podcast being like why did she say that like no it's not like that he's very supportive and like He's come a long way from where he used to be. And, like, he knows that. And he's proud of it. And he's just like, you know, I'm nothing like I used to be, like, five or six years ago. And, you know, kudos to him. You know, I'm very proud of him. But he has shared with me a lot about his childhood. And it's not even just his childhood. Some stuff with his family, like, I've witnessed in person. So the thing is, and, you know, luckily they don't listen to podcasts because they listen to this. They would hate me. Honestly, I don't even know how they feel about me, and I'll get into that, guys. So, this is a really good example of lack of communication, because they're notorious for lack of communication. So notorious. So, basically, with my husband, he did not have a good relationship with his mother, okay? Now, his mother has two kids, and she's not on good terms with either one of them. One of her children uh, has lived with her aunts and everybody, like, you know, excluding her own mother. Okay. So her youngest child, which is my husband, um, they don't get along because, like, you know, she's very physically and verbally abusive to him growing up and very neglectful. And she was the type of mother where, like, you know, she will make sure that, like, while she's out and about, like, she would get her something to eat. 
but leave nothing in the fridge, would not cook for her child. Um, that's the type of mother that she was. And he was horrified of her, you know, like, unfortunately, she suffers from a mental illness. And that's another episode that we'll definitely have to get into in this podcast, you know, mental illness in the minority community, and how they're, you know, we don't seek out because like, we just think that if we just choose to not believe it, it means it's not there. You know, an example I can give with my mother, like she... (laughs) definitely has some, you know, mental health issues. Um, I had mental health issues growing up, um, but she's always just cracked it down to, oh, like, no, mental illness doesn't exist. God made everybody with a sound body and mind. Those are demons, honey. Like, those are demons. And, you know, a lot of people have that mentality, you know? Not necessarily just about it being religious or anything, but the minority community likes to ignore mental health issues and that is a big thing within our community we think seeing a therapist makes you crazy we think taking pills for whatever it is that you got to take pills for oh you got crazy medication like that it's insane but his mother had a lot of mental health issues at the time that she was not medicated for that she was not doing anything to take care of like she just did not care okay and she would take out every single frustration on her son so eventually um she kicked him out you know when he was a teenager um and when I say teenager like he wasn't like you know a minor he was an adult but she did kick him out um and when he got kicked out you know they didn't really talk you know they didn't talk he moved in with an aunt And I know in one of the episodes, I told you that he moved in with a friend. He did. But remember, um, I told you that, like, you know, he got kicked out. So there's a lot of plot twists. I'm saying plot twists. What? There's a lot of things in the story that I left out because I wasn't sure if he was comfortable with me saying it. But since he gave the green light, I'm going to go ahead and say it. So before, um, you know, he lived with the whole roommate situation thing that I did talk about. And I believe that was the first episode I talked about in the first episode. He was in a roommate situation after um, his friendship crashed and burned with that person that helped him out. Right. Before that happened, he actually moved in with his aunt because he did need a place so he can like save up money. Like before, you know moving you know somewhere else or whatever so he was paying her rent and like all that and everything so she let him stay there um unfortunately you know my husband like he dealt with a lot of trauma from his mom lots of nightmares just a lot and everything and one day he was just having a really really just tough night really bad night and everything and he was very depressed and we were over the phone and stuff. And I just wanted to make sure that he was okay. Now, he never exclusively told me that, hey, girl, I'm a, you know, off myself. Why did I say that? Nobody says that. Nobody's like, oh, yeah, I'm a kill myself. The fuck? Like, nobody says that. But he never told me that he was going to kill himself. However, he was very depressed. He was like questioning life, questioning what his purpose is for being here. And it was stuff that scared me. Like I'm at the time we weren't married, obviously we were just dating, but that scared me hearing somebody that I really, really cared about talk about himself like that. And it was like very scary. Then all of a sudden I didn't hear nothing. And I'm like, calling, I'm like, you know, shouting out to him over the phone. And I'm like, babe, like, please say something. Please say something. I'm like freaking out. So I was freaking out. And so Basically, what I did is, for some reason, I had his, the number to his aunt. I don't know. But 
I reached out to his aunt via text message and I said hey like listen like you know your your nephew like he's having a really rough night and everything and like I just want to make sure that he's okay I haven't heard anything back from him since he kind of expressed to me you know what it is that he was going through and I just can do you mind just knocking on his bedroom door just making sure he's okay because I suspect that he is suicidal at the moment and guys, I shit you not, this bitch left me on red. Okay? I waited 10 minutes. I sent another text. Left me on red. So I contacted my best friend. I was like, what do I do? Like, what do I do? Like, he lives all the way on the west side. I'm all the way on the south side. I can't get there in time. I don't have a car. I would have to take an Uber. That means waiting for the Uber. Like, if something really did happen, what am I supposed to do? What do I do? Do I make a scene and call the police to her house? Like, what do I do? And so she was like, oh, well, don't worry. Like, let me call, like, you know, his aunt. Like, give me the number. I'll call her. So I gave my my best friend the number. She calls his aunt. His aunt picks up the phone. And so she's like, yeah. And so my best friend's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, your nephew, like, there's a chance, like, he might be suicidal right now. We haven't heard anything. Nobody can get in contact with him. He lives in your house. So do you mind, like, just making sure he's okay, like, checking on him? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then, like, my best friend said it was, like, just silence. And then, like, a few seconds later, and she's like, yeah, he's okay, all right? And then she hangs up on her. And so then my best friend was like, well, should I believe her? And I'm like, okay, well, did you hear stairs in this phone call? Because their stairs are very loud, and she's upstairs, he's downstairs. She was like, no, I didn't hear no damn stairs. I didn't hear a door. I didn't hear no knock. I didn't hear nothing. And so we're like, oh, my God. So I text her one last time, and I told her, I said, listen, I don't know how you feel about your nephew, but I'm telling you that, like, you know, he does have someone that loves him, and I love him. And I, I'm just, I'm not okay with not knowing if he's alive or not. So I will be calling the police over to your house. I said, however, if you can just give me a confirmation that he's okay, just check up on him. I will, there's no reason for me to call the police. Like if you check on him, make sure he's okay. Tell him to text me back, send me a phone call, anything. I will make sure I don't call the police. She left me on red again. So at this point, I call the police. The police comes over there. They wake my poor boo thing up. I I did not know that he fell asleep on the phone. Honestly, I did not know. And here, my baby. And honestly, you know, his aunt was pissed. She yelled at him, talking about, tell your friends to stop texting my phone and calling me. And it's like, what the f-? So she was mad. She was pissed. And, like, she was more pissed than off than she was worried because she did not give a fuck. Okay? So after that ordeal happened, his aunt told him that I can't deal with all this. You got to get out. You got to find somewhere else to live. And I'm like, what the actual fuck? And that's what I mean when I say that in a minority community, when things make us uncomfortable, instead of talking out, like talking it out, we either ignore it or like we do some fuck shit to our kids, to our, you know, our loved ones or et cetera and everything. And it's fucked up that you will kick out a family member, not because he doesn't pay you rent, 
Not because he makes the house a mess. Not because he's bringing bitches in and out of your house. But because he went through a mental health crisis and you did not want to deal with it. Even before the police came, you didn't want to be bothered. Even though you were up, you were awake because you were reading all my text messages. You didn't want to be bothered getting out of bed and going to check on someone that you claim that you love to make sure they're still alive. Just think about that. After that ordeal, she did kick him out, but at that time, he did have enough money saved up to go do the roommate situation that I mentioned in episode one. But it was unfortunate. After that whole situation, he was missing out of their lives for years, honestly. He's missing out of their lives for, I'm trying to count, guys, hold on. I don't know. I would say, like, at that point, like, four. Because I, 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 we always say, like, oh, he's been on their life for five years. I'm like, that's not true. Because me and him have only been together for six. Actually, yeah, shit. Like, he's been out of their life for five years. Not at this exact moment, but at, you know, at one point in time. Like, he was out of their lives for, like, five years. Like, his entire family. Because um, his entire family has issues, honestly. Where there's been multiple times where um, his mom would ridicule him, like, in front of the family. And they would just think it's so funny. So, 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 so funny. Nobody protected this poor boy, like, honestly. So, basically, five years pass and everything. And, like, his mom finally does reach back out to him. But, like, not to apologize for anything. Just to pretend that, like, everything's okay. Oh, hi, how you doing? I miss you. Oh my gosh, when am I going to see you? Like, acting like everything is okay. And it's like, that is so delusional. Um, He did choose to get back in their lives, like, officially and see them in person when our baby girl was, like, two years old. So at this point, because the thing is, me and him had gotten married. We had a child, and, like, his family was not a part of the wedding. They weren't invited to the wedding. Um, They weren't involved in our daughter's life at all. They didn't meet her until she was two. And that's another thing. I do think that he did attempt to try. Um, A little bit before he got kicked out of his aunt's house, he did tell his aunt, like, hey, like, I'm getting married. And instead of her telling him congratulations, she's just like, why? And so he's like, oh, because I love her. She's like, okay, you can love somebody and not get married. Like, why? And so he felt disrespected. He just felt like, okay, well, what the fuck? So, basically, when they did meet our daughter and everything, which he was skeptical about and stuff, you know, none of them, and this is including the aunt that kicked him out, nobody apologized. Nobody apologized. Nobody, they just didn't mention it. it. Just To them, it just didn't happen. And then, like, even to this day, like, his mom, they still have, like, a lot of issues, like, beneath the surface. Like, on the surface, there's nothing. They don't argue. It's nothing like that. But, like, there's a lot of unspoken issues that they have with each other that have not been addressed. And nobody wants to talk about it. I feel like, you know, my husband wants her to bring it up first, but like I have, I told him too. I'm like, you know what? This is a two way street. 
I do believe that, like, she should have been apologized for everything. Because the thing is, like, when she entered back into his life and everything, she became medicated for everything that, like, you know, she's got going on. Like, she's medicated now, which is great. That's good that you're taking care of yourself. But that medication does not erase years and years of trauma and damage that you did to your children. And she just does not talk about it. She doesn't bring it up. Like, she just acts like everything is great, you know? Like, everything is great. But, like, I do see, I see the cracks and I see, like, you know the issues within the family and they pretend like none of this shit exists which is crazy it's like it's just insane um his mother is a little bit confused i believe because you know she invites you know us out to family events a lot of the times that we just don't go and like she's a little confused but the thing is is that my husband just isn't care like how you say um he doesn't care to just pretend and brush everything under the rug and like laugh and you know cheers with you guys when you know that there has been years and years of damage and things that have been done you know and nobody wants to talk about it nobody wants to apologize for it and you know nobody's giving him that closure but at the same time I he does have his own communication problems too and it does stem from his family that he has brought into our relationship that he has you know brought into our situation that caused us issues as well but I tell him what his situation with his family is I understand communication is what you want from their end but then you also have to realize too that you're not giving it either Maybe he feels like he doesn't have to bring it up and he shouldn't bring it up because he's not the one that did anything, which, you know, it's agreeable. I can't argue with that. Like they, I do believe that they should have been the one to bring it up first and apologize first. But at the end of the day, you can't be like, oh, they're not communicating with me and you're not communicating either, you know, but at the end of the day, he is the victim and how he chooses to heal. That is his thing. And if he doesn't feel like he needs to bring nothing up, then like, don't, you know? However, that is just a big reason why I believe, you know, communication is just, like, so dead in the minority community. And I feel like it's just definitely a generational curse. It really is. Um, that a lot of us need to break. We definitely need to break that curse because communication is definitely a vital skill to teach to your kids and I do feel that like if minorities worked on communicating a bit more and especially to our kids and stuff I feel like there'll be a lot abuse allegations there'll be a lot less you know child neglect and you know just a lot of things a lot of more trust and a lot less broken minority people especially in the black community the thing is with I, I just see like a lot of minorities. What did my voice do? That's disgusting. <laughs> but I see a lot of minorities as broken individuals that have just been broken down and beaten down their entire life. And you would think that like, oh, it's from society. It's because of white supremacy. But a lot of the most broken minorities are broken because of their own family. And one thing that I am not going to do when it comes to teaching my child, I'm not going to teach them that their life is hard and to blame everything on the white man, because a lot of minorities like to do that, specifically black um, individuals, um, where they like everything is just the white man's fault oh yeah well we don't know how to communicate because of slavery because of white people we don't know how to do this because of white people we don't know how to do this because we don't have the skills to because of white people because of white people because of white people and it's like nah nah but let's be completely real slavery is something that happened and slavery is something that still affects 
you know, people to this day. And when I'm saying people, because I feel like a lot of black Americans forget that slavery did not just happen to them. A lot of people don't know slavery happened in Mexico. Slavery happened in Haiti. Slavery happened in Jamaica. Slavery happened in Puerto Rico. Like slavery happened a lot of people, a lot of places. Slavery actually even happened to Irish people in Europe. Okay. So, and if you don't believe me, Google it. It's, it's literally right there. It's happened to a lot of people. The fact of the matter is there are certain behaviors. It's just like if, a, you know, if there's a kid that comes from a family full of rapists and then they grow up one day and they're raping everybody and they're just like, oh, it's because of my family. It's like, stop. Because there's certain behaviors that we know that is not okay, that we know that we don't want done to us, that we do to our children, that we do to each other. And we know it's not okay. Stop blaming the white man. And let's look in the mirror and blame ourselves. The problem is when you always have somebody else to blame, you do not see the flaws on your behavior. You don't see the damages of your behavior because in your mind, it's not your fault. When you change your mindset and you start taking accountability and you actually start believing like, hey, nobody made me say and do those things. I did that. I did that because I wanted to do that because I was angry, because I was upset, because et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Once you start taking accountability, you start realizing and noticing how damaging and toxic your behaviors are. Something else that like... I make sure that I do tell minorities, like specifically black people, because they like to, you know, everything's always the white man's fault. Um, I will get into an episode where I talk about, you know, me and my family being homeless and being in a homeless shelter. But this is going to be a very quick story um, from that time. In that time when me and my family were in a homeless shelter, um, my daughter had been suspected of having autism by her doctors. However, where we live at, there is a years-long waiting list. And I said a year. It's years, like plural. I'm talking like literally like three years out to get an evaluation for autism. Okay? So, and that's the thing. I can go somewhere else, but I would have to pay out of pocket and her insurance would not cover it. So we're going to be waiting a very, very long time. So when you are in a homeless shelter or specifically the ones that we were at, you had to meet with um, a, a guidance counselor. Like, I don't know, like, cause this guy, this operation was like totally illegal and I'll get into that in that episode. But he was the director. He was the, uh, he was a lot of things. He had a lot of titles and everything and stuff, but like, they were like, you know, stealing money and shit. So I'll get into that. But basically he sat us down and he was asking us like, Oh, well, why isn't your child on, uh, why aren't you getting a disability check for her? And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I mentioned that we believe that she's on the autism spectrum. So does her doctor, you know, she's got um, evaluated for early intervention. And like, you know, they all kind of put their input and said, like, yeah, they work with, you know, special needs children. And they like they see a lot of the same signs in her and everything. So it's not an official diagnosis. She's not professionally diagnosed right now. She's not even self-diagnosed. We diagnosed her. <laughs> we diagnosed her. OK, but we're waiting for her to get this diagnosis. But, you know, it's going to be a while. So then 
I was kind of just expressing like, you know, how frustrating it is and everything, you know, just being on the waiting list. And then the fact that like, you know, all the other therapies that she was getting, there's like a lack of providers, like where we live at and everything. So like, we're just waiting and waiting. And like, it's very frustrating because like, you know, you want your child to get the help that she needs. And he looks at me and he's like, you know why she doesn't have an autism diagnosis? And I'm like, what? And then he points to his, the color of his skin. He's like, because of this because of this and I'm just looking at him dead as fuck I'm like that is not right because when you go you don't go into your pediatrician and come out with a diagnosis for autism that's not how that works your pediatrician usually does not do that your pediatrician gives you a referral you know to the people that do the evaluations when I called on the phone they did not know the color of my skin okay so and here's the thing because I do hate when people say oh you talk white you talk black you da, da, da. I do not talk like a stereo like you know what racist people think black people sound like I do not sound like that okay so there's no fucking way like there, it has nothing to do with the color of the skin and so then like I'm just looking at him like you really think that a situation you know nothing about because you know a person of color a black person doesn't have you know what they're seeking for what they want you immediately relay it to them having black skin and they don't have it or they can't do it because they're black horrible mindset horrible 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 very very horrible for me and for my kid and my future children and everything that is never going to be excused I don't never want to hear that shit out of their mouth at the end of the day it is hard being a minority in America okay there's going to be outside sources telling your kids your you know colored kids your black and brown kids what they can and what they cannot do they're already going to be doing that, okay? Why the fuck you as a parent going to be instilling that into your kids? Uh, it's because you're black. You don't have this because you're black. We don't have this because you're black because you're black because you're black. Or because you're brown, because you're Mexican, because whatever, right? Why would we be instilling that within our kids? And then, like, that's the thing. Kids that get raised like that, they're the same kids that grow up that don't have jobs that don't you know they don't have anything for themselves they're selling drugs they're doing all of this because oh because I can't get a job because I'm black oh I can't do this because I'm black I, I can't do this because I'm brown I can't do this because of this I can't do this because of that and it's like that is a horrible mindset to teach I also remember you know my husband worked as a manager at this one restaurant um and there was a black dude that worked there and there was a black girl that worked there. Now the black girl had a very, very bad attitude. She was very rude. She did not like taking criticism, did not like taking instruction. So eventually she got fired, but not by my husband. When she got, she got fired alongside um, another black person, but this black person was horrible. He was threatening his manager, which was my husband. He physically threatened violence against him. He was flirting with everybody that came into uh, the store and everything. He was just very unprofessional. They both were unprofessional. They sucked as workers. But you want to know something? When that girl got fired, the first thing she says is, because oh, you fired the two black people. It's because y'all don't like black people. It's because we're black. And it's like, okay, when you teach a child and just chalk up to every um, misunfortunate thing happening to them as them being black, it happens to them because they're black, you're raising irresponsible children that turn into irresponsible adults that just chalk up everything to race it's exhausting it's disgusting it's fucking annoying another instant is where my husband currently works um 
there was a cleaning um a black person i'm saying a cleaning black person what the hell he was a janitor he was a janitor that was black okay it was a black janitor and he got hired to clean okay however based on camera footage and physical evidence he was not doing jack shit he was on his phone the entire time and i know we are out of a pandemic but the thing is if you are a parent you got kids you know kids are nasty as shit like hands down they're nasty as fuck like that's why when we send our kids to school they're always coming home sick and everything and we got to take off work to take care of them like parents know that okay but this dude was not doing jack shit and it was caught on camera. Like, he was not doing anything. He wasn't doing his job. So one of the managers, who happens to be a brown um, person, he fired him. And he said, because, like, you're not doing anything. Like, we're paying you. You're not doing anything. And this is what this black individual says. He says, it's because I'm gay and black. You know what? I'm, well, I'm going to come up there. I'm going to come up there. So then the brown guy files a police, a police report because he don't want no smoke. He's not about that life or anything. And even if you are about that life, like, this is disgusting so he files a police report and so you would think this would be the end of it right no the black guy calls him again but the brown guy doesn't answer so then the black guy calls from a different number and when the brown guy answered the black guy said oh i'm coming up there to beat the fuck out of you because you fire me because i'm black and da, 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 da. all right so now that you hear everything do you see do you see what you know us teaching our children you know, to blame everything on the white guy, what this does. Because like I said before, when you have somebody else to blame for everything it is that you do and for you and that you say, or your lack thereof, you will never see that you're the problem. We have an individual who is aware that he was not doing his job, that he was fucking around and dilly-dallying on the clock, and getting a paycheck for it at the end of the day. He knew that he was not doing his job. However, when he got fired because he was not doing his job, he chalks it up to him being black. So it can't be me. I'm not the problem. I can't be the problem. The problem got to be you. You got to be racist. Same with the black girl that I said about. She's being rude, um, snapping at uh, managers and giving attitude to the customers and everything and basically just treating customers how she would not want to be treated. And she probably would go the fuck off if she was treated like that while going to a restaurant. But she's doing it to everybody else. She gets fired for it. They explain the reason why she gets fired for it. And instead of her being like, OK, yeah. I didn't do my best performance at this job. Instead of that, it's not her. She can't be the problem. It can't be the problem. The problem is the manager. They have to be racist. It's because I'm black. Come on. And I know this freaking thing, like, you know, it started off as um, talking about communication and everything. But, like, to me... This definitely ties into the communication thing because our problem is not only is there a lack of communication, but then when we do communicate, we're communicating the wrong things, the wrong messages. And you know what? It's okay if you come from a family that has this type of mentality. Be the one to break from that mentality. Break that out and learn to take responsibility. Stop prejudging people before you meet them. Yes, there are racists in the world. Yes, there are white people on top that do not want black people or brown people to succeed. Absolutely. However, you don't know who those people are. 
don't just be assuming and perpetuating that on everybody that is not black to you that is not black or whatever stop doing that and especially if you know that you're doing a shit job you're a shit person you did this or you did that and everything stop blaming it on the white man stop blaming oh it's because i'm black stop doing that and this is me saying this as a black woman okay no no you did not get fired because you are black. Most of the time, you probably didn't. It's because you were a shit employee. And that's the thing, though, because people, like, don't understand that, like, you know, you can sue for racial discrimination within the workplace and everything. But here's the thing. If you do the statistics, most black people do not. And my husband, he's worked in manager. Manage, oh my god he's worked as a manager for years okay so he's been a part of the hiring process been a part in the onboarding um process and etc and everything and most of the people like that always get upset that want to start threatening people like when they get hired and they chalk it up to race it's because they're black is <laughs> the ones that are black okay it's the ones that are black most of the time everybody else just leaves peacefully Okay, so if it's always the black ones that are claiming racial discrimination, like when they get fired, then why aren't you suing? Oh, wait, you know, you don't have a case. You know, you were a shit ass worker. Stop fucking playing. Honestly, it's annoying. It's disgusting. And like, I know that there are like so many other people that just believe that, you know, black people, they make everything a race thing, which a lot of black people do. They absolutely do. And it's annoying. It's disgusting. I mean, even when it comes to you know, simple things, you know, everything is about race to them. And yes, I, I am a hundred percent aware that white people originally made it about race when they, um, you know, did slavery, when they did colonization, I am aware of that. But the thing is like, my philosophy is make the best of what you have. Don't live in the past, live in the future. Understand that yes, the past definitely does affect your future. However, you are the creator of your own life. You can't change nobody else. The only person that you can change is you. So if you 100% believe that your behaviors, your performances, and like the way how you act, the way how you talk and all that, it's because of the white man, it's because of somebody else and everything, okay, I'll give it to you. Maybe it is. However, but you have the power to change. You can't change nobody else. You could change you, though. You can start with you. Oh, you beat your kids and do all that because that's what slavery taught you to do. Be the person that breaks that cycle. Oh, I don't know how to communicate because my family never taught me to communicate. Be the one that breaks that cycle. You don't have to be like anybody else and you can choose to be like other people. Everything is a choice. Everything that we do is a choice. Even when you choose to get up out of your bed to go pee in the morning, that's a choice. We always have a choice. So I always just remember that, guys. So until then, yeah, it's another controversial episode. Oh my God. But until then... I'll talk to you guys next time. I have no idea what the next episode is going to be about. I really don't. Maybe the next episode will be about mental health and we could talk about that and like how that affects like uh, the black and brown community and everything. And then I want to do some more episodes where I shed like a lot of light on um, the Hispanic community because I feel like I just kind of been like going in on the black community like, oh, it's black, it's black, it's black. And then I'm going to be accused of being racist when I am black. I'm aware you can be black, but actually, no, you can't be racist when you're black. You could be prejudiced. Okay, but either or, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be accused of that and everything. But the thing is, um, I am an Afro-Latina. However, I am visually and unambiguously black. 
when you look at me, you are not going to think like, oh, you are from Cuba, aren't you? Like, you're not going to think that. You're just going to think, oh, it's just a black girl. You know what I'm saying? So I'm black. I have been in a lot of black uh, spaces. Um, I just, I identify with being black. I would choose black on a job application before I choose Hispanic because a lot of times it's just very hard to explain to people that are uneducated that, you know, you can be both. So to you know what I'm saying. So either or we'll shed some light on issues within the Hispanic community. We'll definitely in the future going to talk about colorism. Okay. Or the fact that like a lot of Hispanics, we want to like decide to shut out the Afro Latina and Latino community and act like we don't exist. There's a lot of Latinos that are, you know, Mathiso or Mathiza and they actually have a black grandmother but then they'll look at you crazy if you're black and say that you're Hispanic and be like, oh, no, 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 no es, no es Latina, no, tú es negrita, mm, no caprende, que okay. So, yeah, yeah, we'll get into, we'll get into that, trust me, because like I said, yeah, I've been talking about the black community and everything, but don't forget, bitch, I'm both, okay? So we're going to shed light on both. So until next time, bye, guys.